Like it or not, virtual learning is here to stay, folks. And while I'm sure all of us have had some experience presenting virtually, I know, at least for me, there's plenty of room to improve that learner experience within a virtual environment. But where do I start? How can I get better? What are some things to consider before I even start a virtual learning engagement? Luckily, our guest this week can provide some fantastic answers. Cassie Labore is a virtual learning expert and consultant, and she's here to discuss some great best practices we should all consider when we engage with our audience virtually. Cassie brings more than a bucket full of great information, folks, so get ready to learn a lot. Let's get started. They are the fabulous learning nerds, because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott and Dan are making it lots of fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of your fabulous learning nerds. I'm Scott Chudy, your host, and with us, as always. He found some internet. Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Oh, yeah. Dan. Hey, Scott. How you doing? Yeah, for a minute there, I thought you had lost your internet. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no, no. Now. It's we great. We've, that, yeah. we, had, we had... Yeah, no problem. We've had, uh, we've had this uh, Dan's quest for internet today. I was going to suggest that he go out to McDonald's and, and set up over at McDonald's, but uh, we figured it all out. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fair to Midland. Uh, out fair here. Fair to Midland. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> How could you forget about that? I don't understand. You know. It's. It feels like it's been a while. Uh, uh, the the quest for internet has been all consuming, and uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough for everybody out there in rural America. Uh, man, uh, this is just the blurs. To go from where I was, where it was like, oh, oh, one gig internet's cheap, great. To like, oh, I can't even get one gig internet, let alone like throw money at it. It's just like, oh man. It's all right, though. It's all right. We're making it. We're glad that you showed up. It would have been a very sad day if uh, if you didn't show up. Also with us tonight, um, you love her. She's the Duchess of Design, Abby Dawson, everybody. Abby. Hey there. How's it going? Pretty good. Fantastic. So last week you we talked about your witchy poo costume, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Oh, by the way, is that a deep cut? Do you know who witchy poo is? I have no idea who witchy poo <gasps> is. <laughs> Dan, do you know who witchy poo is? No. no we'll I see if our not. guest knows who witchy poo is. We won't go into that. Does your kid have a Halloween costume since it is the time for tricks and treats and such? He does. He's going to be a skeleton. It's adorable. Very classic, and I've managed to talk my husband into being my cat. So I will be a witch. He will be a black cat. It took some um, maybe not fair uh, bandwagoning from my son. I talked my son into it, and then he bullied my husband into it. But it's going to be adorable. I'm really looking forward to it. Cat, that's fantastic. That that is that is going to be great. Well, I know you're going to have a good time, and and I still owe you guys a. A spooky movie to uh, to check out, so that's great. Um, awesome. Hey, listen, I'm always excited about our guests, but I'm super duper excited about today's guest because this individual is a shining example of how learning people are just awesome people. And I know I said that before, um, but this is the person that I talk about when I want to you know, reinforce that learning people are awesome people. And so without further ado, I'd love to introduce everybody to my good friend, uh, Cassie Labore, everybody. She's with us. Hi. How's it going? It's so good. Thank <laughs> you for having me today. Oh, my goodness. We're super duper excited that, to have you in um Cassie and I go back just a little ways. There's a there's an interesting story. I met Cassie at uh, a Tech Expo in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. We were both in search of 
the um, build your own slider tray and uh, a serving station. And I don't think we ever found it. Did we ever find it, Cassie? I don't think we ever found it. But you know, friendships that begin with food as a baseline, those are the solid ones. Those are solid friendships. (laughs) We ended up getting some real food and it was great. And Cassie's just an amazing person. And we want to get to know all about you, Cassie, but we're going to do so in a little segment we call What's Your Deal? Hey, man, what's your deal? Cassie, what's your deal? (laughs) Virtual training. I guess we could just start there. I remember, though, a thousand years ago, I used to live in San Francisco, California, and I was a Microsoft trainer traveling around the Bay Area teaching people how to use Microsoft Word and Excel and, well, also a thing called front page. How about that? I didn't even know how to use that myself. But I was driving down the 101 and there was a, uh, a big billboard that was quite uh, wonderful to look at. And it's, uh, it featured uh, RuPaul in a uh, blue and green dress. And the, the, the title said, we've got to start meeting like this. And I thought, yes, yes, we do. What is that? And uh, it was an ad campaign that WebEx pre-Cisco days was running for, for WebEx and online meetings. And uh, I did a little more research, found out about it, they were hiring, and that was uh, my first job officially as a virtual trainer. I became a product trainer for WebEx, it was the late 90s. And, uh, and I, I really think it was because of RuPaul's influence you know, on that whole look and feel. I did get a boa when they hired me. They gave me a blue and green boa and uh, a beach ball. And if you were to Google it, you'll see RuPaul holding the beach ball saying we've got to meet like this. So it's pretty cool. Um, and I, I think one of the best origin stories we've heard, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, it was amazing, you know. I mean, how can, I know, right? I, I feel that way too. <laughs> I'm like, this is real, but it's cool. Um, I became a product trainer for them. So, you know, I, I shifted from being a, a Microsoft trainer teaching product, Microsoft products to then teaching this, you know, cool hip company uh, in, in, in the Bay area in the late nineties. And, uh, that was 99. So, you know, you know, fast forward a couple of years and, uh, nine 11 and the world changed with travel at that point. Um, fast forward there and we had the big economic changes and people were again, not changing or excuse me, not meeting online or excuse not meeting in person because of financial stuff. Right. Um, and then fast forward to the last 18 or 20 months, whatever it's been, gosh, soon to be to almost two years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole world again is online. And so I've seen a lot of different reasons why people are more willing to be open to meeting online. Although the biggest one has been in the last couple of years. for sure. <laughs> that's what I do though. But like that's, I, I do virtual training, but the big thing that I do is cause I, I, it started with teaching how to use the software that lets you do that. But then it moved into, okay, we get where to click, but how do we be like you? How do we engage people? And I do have a background in theater and public speaking. I always like to say that my degree is in talking. <laughs> so I, I am then moved into the people side of using these tools. Because a tool is one thing, but how you connect with people and how you build relationships using that tool, which is allowing us to connect, is where I love to live and what's most important to me. So I do virtual train the trainer programming, instructional designer, and of course, the role of the producer as well. Yeah. and. Um quite good at it i i will say and you must be wicked busy these days that that would be my guess just based on everything that's going on wicked busy is a good way to put it <laughs> it's good well, it's good it's better than being wicked bored that, right. that's for sure so uh, again, super happy that you're you're with us. I know we're going to spend a heck of a lot of time talking about something very very important as we dive into this world of virtual learning um which I believe is here to stay. Like if you, if you didn't think that uh, this was going to be something that we needed to get good at before, um, you're going to need to get good at it moving forward. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into our topic of the week. Okay, Cassie, um, you talking to us about becoming a virtual training hero, so to speak. Yeah, you know what? Um, it was it was uh, the the winter of 2019, and I was reading an article unrelated to my work. Uh, I was just about the 
uh, Campbell's Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey and what that is and like how stories are written. So if, like, if you're an English or literature major, you're, this is super common for you. You, you study this at university, but just like, uh, the, like the hero's journey is a, is a, is a way to tell a story. Like if you go back and look at like uh, any kind of superhero or, you know, even Harry Potter, anyone, Wonder Woman, they, they follow what, what Campbell would argue was the hero's journey. And it's like this step to like, what, how do you become a hero? What do you go through? So I'm reading this whole article about what that is. And uh, I'm like, virtual trainers are heroes, man. (laughs) (laughs) Getting distracted on that, you know, and then I thought that'd be a really fun talk. And at that time, I was going to be speaking at ATD's Tech Knowledge in, um, in, uh, where were we? Gosh, I forgot where it exactly was. But I I know that it was before the pandemic. It was in the before times. Right. (laughs) In January. The good old days, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was exciting because it was the technology that was hot pink and black. So it was super exciting to me for color reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, I gave that talk on a super stage uh, that becoming a virtual trainer is a hero's journey. And I, I hired a local artist. I live in Rochester, New York, and I went to RIT, the Rochester Institute of Technology, and I posted a job. I need some original artwork. And I got a 2D animator that worked with me to, to get the concept for my for my heroes, I had her make four heroes for me, one main one, and then some, you know, every hero has a team, right? A squad. And then we had some enemies and she drew up the enemies, which I love, love, love the villains. And uh, I wrote the whole story and explained how virtual trainers are heroes and how that happened or happens. And it, you know, it was all meant to be like uh, an inspirational thing that you could be successful too, she, you know, cause she was just, her name is Vivian and she's just a regular trainer. You know, and she gets the call to the adventure and she's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to train online. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm worthy and that I definitely don't want to like it. And I go through the whole thing. It's really fun. And um, I wrote that whole thing and then delivered it at Tech Knowledge. It was great. And then came home. It was like February and you guys know what happened in March. Uh, mm-hmm. The world changed. And I had, I started helping everybody figure out how to, how to do online. Like for the longest time, everyone's like, yeah, we'll do that someday. And then that day was like in March. <laughs> and so everyone help me, Cassie, we've been saying we we're going to call you. And that happened. And then just out of, of that intense work, I had my little hero sitting there and, and I started using her as just a character, if you will, to provide tips and tricks to people um, you know, in, in, the, in the social media setting. So I started posting on LinkedIn and this was coming out of all my work each day with everybody, you know, and I started posting these tips and then it just became this thing for me. And now it's like, it's a whole branding thing that I'm going to keep on living with. And I have compiled all of those tips that I created of her telling us what we can do better and how we can survive this, if you will. And I'm putting it into an ebook that I'll have available for download soon, all of it. And then I'll keep making more as well. Yeah, your tips have been really well received and timing on that I think is really important. I I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I remember back in March when you know everything started shutting down and I went to Training Magazine and they had a webinar on what to do and like normally like 100 people max on that webinar will like they had like 5,000 people try to sign up and, and, um, and they had to record it and send it out. And I was remember saying to myself, like people are lost. And (laughs) and I think about, I think about our educational system, same thing. Like the DOE put out this, um, YouTube conference because it was the only place where they could reach that many people. And Cassie, they were just so lost. Yeah. And that's why I feel like, you know, you're doing really great work and, and I love the whole hero's journey part of it. And, and I still feel like there's a lot of people that are are lost and, you know, from your expertise level, like, where do I start? Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us have just had to go and, and go ahead and do it and had various degrees of success. Like, you know, if you think about your hero, Vivian, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where she started, what what's the first and foremost thing when you think about success in the virtual environment? Um, I think 
it's such an interesting question because like what I know it to be and what I what I know what I want it to be and what it is are two different things. <laughs> so the the thing that I'm going to tell you that has to happen is you got to get into the technology and just start using it and start to normalize it for mm-hmm. yourself. And and so whatever you're using, Zoom, Teams, WebEx, open up a session, log in a second computer as an attendee and just figure out what you're doing to people. Um, because people just don't even end up at a very basic to this day, really understand what the technology is doing. And I think they don't understand what's happening for their attendees. And so I think you really have to just focus on the tech first. And so that's what I say what it is. That's the answer on what success is. It's first making the tech work and you understanding what in the world you're doing with it. You know, and it's more than just getting on the camera and figuring out how to share your slides. Yeah. That is such a brilliant but simple tip. And I can't believe I... I'm embarrassed to say it would have never crossed my mind if you hadn't told me to log in as an attendee and see. But that, it, now that I hear it, is such a great obvious idea. It's like, <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, because a lot of the anxiety or fear that you might have as a presenter or even just even as a meeting leader is, what are they seeing? Is it yeah. working? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah. Am I being heard? Am I being seen? And then it goes on to what am, what are they hearing and what are they seeing, right? <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm always yeah. finding myself asking like my my teammate or somebody, how was it? What was this like? And uh, uh, to no fault of their own, they're trying to be supportive. They're like, it was great. It was fine. And I'm like, but I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Take control, man. If any trainer, any presenter, any meeting leader I've ever met wants to be in control. And that's a whole nother, that's probably a whole nother podcast, but uh, take control, <laughs> you know, answer the question for yourself. This is what they are seeing. And so like, even when, uh, when, you know, to, to further that, even when I'm learning a new technology or maybe they launch a new feature and this is what the mobile version looks like, I'm not going to go read about what the mobile version looks like. I'm going to log in my phone so I can see what the mobile version looks like and acts like and feels like. Uh, and then that way, what happens to me is that I'm a much more confident presenter and trainer because I'm like, look, the chat's in the bottom right. Click it. Nope. Bottom middle of your screen first. Now look, it's on the bottom right. You know, I know for a fact because I'm clicking on it with you. (laughs) It's much better and you're much more confident. So I think things for success start there. You have to know how to work the room, if you will. It's like trying to present in a room that you've never been in. You know, or you, I, I don't know what a stage is. I've never walked on one. How am I supposed to now convey information if I don't know what a stage is, you know? And so that's where it starts. Um, and then once you get past that, there's a whole nother level, but I want to pause and and let you guys chime in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have maybe an unfair question, but I'm super curious. With all the different like tools out there now for like remote facilitation and remote meetings, which one's your favorite? No, that's not fair. No, it's not. But I'm I'm very curious. We have no sponsors here, so you can say whatever the heck you want. It's not a big deal. I don't work for any of these vendors. I we have no sponsors today. My favorite ones are the ones that uh, have all the features and always work and are simple to use. (laughs) And that she doesn't have one, folks. She doesn't have one. I definitely have one, but it's not fair. I have one, but I will tell you that it used to be that it was WebEx and then it became Adobe Connect and now it is Zoom. And um, it's, it's, I, I am a fair weather fan, okay? <laughs> Let me just tell you that right now. So I, if, if it's working really well and it's easy to use and it has all the things that I need, um, that's the one I want, you know? They all have things I wish they didn't have and they, most of them have things that I like. And the three that I mentioned are the only ones that make me happy. And uh, the other ones I deal with because I work all of all my clients have all different things. And there are times, you know, where I I've actually turned clients away who have tools that I know that I cannot help them be successful with. I've said, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm not a magician. The, The only magic that needs to happen here is that you go back to your team and you get a tool that works. But it's like I cannot teach you to ice skate if you refuse to get ice skates. That's, that's what I have had to say to a couple of people. And um, interestingly, I did that last year with one client, a very big, global, highly prestigious client. I said, guys, I can't fix this for you. I cannot work on that and do what you want me to do. 
and to help you. And they go, okay, we'll find someone else. I go, I wish you all very well. And a year later, they are back. They have switched to the tool that I have recommended they use. And I am now working with them at the end of the month. That's fantastic. Yeah. We've run into the same opportunity, like sometimes bigger organizations that we serve decide it's a really great idea to go buy their own and and um holy smokes like and there's some brass tacks and i'll let you get into like what if i'm thinking about um software right virtual presentation software what are some things that are just must have so you've mentioned the three you like the best i'm with you 100 um we're not going to mention the ones we don't like but how about some things that you just have to have or you can't do what needs to be done from a learning perspective uh, the first thing is access and easy access. Uh, you know, it needs to be able to that we can get in without a lot of trouble, you know, and it doesn't like crash your computer or just need so much that most people don't have it. You know? So easy, simple access that isn't complicated to figure out in an email, you know, mm-hmm. the simplification of things is first and foremost. Um I think today, too, that we need, you know, chat is a, is a no-brainer. Everybody's got chat, and chat has to be in there and be accessible to everybody. Um, I personally really love being able to see everybody. Now, I'm a trainer, and I'm going to come from an L&D perspective. I'm not generally working in the world of needing to hide people that are in the audience, okay? And I, I recognize where that can happen and need to happen in certain settings. But in, in L&D, we, we're here to learn. And a big part of learning is learning from one another. And so being able to see each other on a list, on a camera, fine. Um, but, but none of this hidden attendee business. So allowed to talk, allowed to contribute, um, not locked down because I'm alive and sitting here and watching it, but you wouldn't know it stuff, right? That's important to me. Um, annotating is important to me. And uh, really easy audio and great video and also breakouts. I really, really need to chat, annotate, breakouts. Those are the things. And be able to talk to people and learn together are going to be my favorite features for sure. Notice that I don't care about polling. (laughs) (laughs) I only mentioned that because I just, you know, I can use the chat and it's fine. I also don't need to have like exact data to pop into different things because I'm creating learning experiences, not gathering data of who clicked. (laughs) So Cassie, you talked about how you had um, an experience with a a large company that was reluctant. You parted ways. They kind of saw the light and they're uh, more engaged again. Um, Have you noticed that shift happening more frequently in the past year or two? Now that people have kind of like, we had to do it. We really dipped our toes maybe more, we're more willing to change or, um, what's, what's been your experience there? Oh, absolutely. Like now, and, and so it's kind of a cool thing that's happening in tandem too, because the technology is getting better. You know, the, the just classic law of supply and demand, when there's a demand for something, then there's going to be more product and it's going and the product's going to get better, you know? So I'm, I'm not really purchasing all sorts of stuff right now. I'm kind of chilling out and watching who's going to rise to the top because so much stuff's coming up, right? All the apps, do we need them? I don't think so. But so so that's happening where we're getting better options. And back to your point, it used to always be, well, we know that this works. I'm going to put that in air quotes. This in-person training experience that we've done since the dawn of time, quote, works. So we're going to keep doing that. And I know virtual is out there and we should do it one day, but we'll do it later. It's too hard right now. And then every attendee that was in a virtual session or and in a virtual environment was also treated that way. I'll pay attention to you later. Your learning will matter more later when you're mm-hmm. here in person in the real training. Um, <laughs> on that note, in the live training, because, oh, the online one is dead. That's right. Um, there's that. So so there was this whole first, now we're going to listen. And, and that first part of it was, how in the world do I do it? Oh, my gosh. And now people, and then they went into... And that went on for quite a while (laughs) and for some people still going on. And then it went into, okay, wow, we were missing out and this is different. I should do things a little differently. And that happened for a while. Uh, Okay. Okay. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I did it. Now I should 
I should do it a little differently. And then now we're really in the place of this isn't going to go away. And obviously it works. And now I want to be really good at it. And it's like, I feel like I've been waiting. I've been doing this for longer than 20 years. And so I've been there a long time. I've been living in there. So I'm actually trying to live in the world with everyone else going, whoa, they're actually listening. Let's make this better. (laughs) And then at the same time, we're seeing tech we haven't seen before. And things happen that, you know, gosh, just playing music in a virtual training nowadays is now just a click of a button and it works. And back in the day, it used to be back in the day, in the before times, it was like everything was going to break. And really, I just would end up holding up my phone to the mic, you know, and hoping you could hear it. (laughs) You know. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, it makes me think. I mean, in my lifetime, I remember when um, people were going crazy over the idea of employees having PCs. And then they went crazy over the idea of employees having internet on their PCs. And before then, it was women being in the workplace. And everybody said, you're disrupting everything about how our companies work and how business works. And we're not going to be able to overcome these changes. These are huge distractions. They're not going to, they're going to hurt business. And like, it all got better. And I just see this as one of those waves. And I think virtual training is maybe the linchpin to virtual work, remote work. And I think it's just essential. And either you figure it out and you get on board or you're going to get left behind. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Abby, to that point, like virtual training in and of itself isn't like different. Like people are like, but how do I learn online? Pretty much the same way you always learn. It's just that you're now using tech instead of sitting next to someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still the same stuff. You talk about origin story um, earlier in our in our time together today, and I was recently doing a keynote for a local ATD chapter, and I was researching how fun it would be to have what what's the origin story of of virtual training. Like, what is that concept? And I came up with it. And it's a little like what you just mentioned. I found a video. It's one of these training videos. It was probably a film back when it was made. It was a film, not a video of um, teaching people how to use the telephone. (laughs) 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 And it's set in like the fifties and it's great. And it says, you know, it shows all these people using the phone incorrectly. Like, hello, what do you want? And they're like chewing gum and stuff and whatever. It's very funny. And then it, and then it kind of clips to uh, the, the key message, which is telephone as you'd be telephoned to. And I, I changed it to Zoom as you'd be Zoomed to. And I, I, we have been struggling with new technology since the beginning of times of new technology. You know? yeah, exactly. You don't know how to use stuff when it's new. And and you're right, virtual training, virtual teams, remote work is uh, is not necessarily new, but it's new in that it's finally being what the only way that we all work today. And will continue to be how we go on to work, I, I think. I mean, you know, it's not going to go away. It's only going to grow. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Funny. <laughs> so you mentioned one of the ways to be successful is to dive into the technology, which I think is great. Um, what's another thing? Like, I'm, I'm, I want to get better at this, right? I mm-hmm. and I listen. I'm a huge fan of no excuses, Scott. I just want to get better at everything that I do. So, what are some other things that our audience might want to consider that would help them be better at this virtual training gig? Do a study on objectives and writing clear, actionable objectives. Thank you, instructional designers of the world. (laughs) If you are clear on what you want people to do rather than you think you be clear on what you think you know and want to tell others, (laughs) you will be better at anything that you do in life, actually. (laughs) So it's uh, what are we training? Do people always ask me, how long should my training be online? And how many people should I have there? You know, people are always saying that. And I'm like, okay. That those two answers will be very clear to you when you get clear on what the objectives of your training, meeting, webinar, whatever you're doing are. When people are done spending time with you in that moment or on that content in that moment, what are they going to do with it? And did what you what you spent time sharing with them help them to achieve that? All right. Do you want people to just know about it? Or do you want them to be able to do something differently? And those are two different things. 
and the things that you need to guide people through and have them do are that. So focus on understanding your objectives and then look. So that's the first part of it. And the second part is then look at what you used to do in person and how you did that. And then look at your tool, your WebEx, your Adobe Connect, your, your, your Zoom, whatever, and look at how you can recreate that, but, but focus on the end game, the objective. So, so like an example of that to make that all more clear, because that was all like theory and I'm all about practice. So you know how in person, this is like an old school training game. I'll go back to, let's say it's a blue and green beach ball from WebEx that RuPaul is going to throw over to you and you're in person and RuPaul throws the ball to you, Scott, because it's your turn to introduce yourself. And then you do that. Yay! <laughs> and then what are you going to do with the ball after you're done introducing yourself, Scott? I'm going to toss it to Dan. <laughs> exactly. Yay! Who's probably going to drop it. Oh, no, he didn't drop it. Wow. Good for you, Dan. That, that hurts. I that know. Hurts. <laughs> and so this is a, a common training uh, game, if you will. And we would do it for a lot of reasons, maybe introductions, maybe um, list one of your strengths, you know, one of your weaknesses. I hate those two questions, by the way. Um, but, you know, we did that and it's common. And so then people online, you go, well, I can't throw a ball around the room. We're in different states, countries, time zones. It's, I'm not throwing a ball to you. Okay. All right. You're right. But what's the objective of that? You know, the objective is to get people to share and choose who shares next. And there's probably an element of like energy there that you want to create. And, you know, I don't know who's going to be next. OK, fine. OK, that's the objective. So I'm, I, obviously I'm not throwing a physical ball around a, an online room. But what if I did this? What if I ahead of time got a, uh, a bunch of pictures of everybody that was coming or I took a screenshot of everybody on camera and I had it on the screen and we used our annotation tools to quote circle. What if I circled Scott? And that was me throwing the ball to you, Scott. I have a picture of you on the screen. And then you would circle Dan. And then Dan's going to circle Abby, right? And, and it's the same kind of out. It's the same objective done differently. And so looking at what you're doing in person that you liked and that worked and, and, and analyzing that objective and going, okay, what, with the tools that I have in this virtual environment, how might I be able to do that? Granted, it'll be different, but how might I be able to do it? It's cool, isn't it? It's fun then. And that's actually what drove me to write my first book. The Interact and Engage book was just, I had taken all these things that I was doing in person and here I am doing them online and here's how I did it. Cool. Yeah. Fun. I love that. It's starting with the basics, the real core understanding of what a trainer should be trying to accomplish and then being creative on, on what you're going to do to get there. Yeah. And looking at these tools, which keep changing and <laughs> going, oh, I, don't know, I could do that. Hmm. Another one, like recently, these virtual backgrounds that they let us change, uh, you know, they have us changing them because they can for the, the original intended reasons. Right. But what if we did an assessment ahead of time, like an insights or a disc or something? And then, you know, how you get assigned your thing, you know, like I'm an I, I'm an I and a D. OK, whatever. But I is always my highest. So what if I made virtual backgrounds and I sent them all to you? And after you did the assessment, you showed up in class and you put your virtual background on. Now I know which who's which, which one is which. And that's kind of like in person, I might have like all the I's go stand in the right corner. All the D's go stand in the left corner. You know, I might do that in person. But now maybe virtually I've got these virtual backgrounds indicating and now we can all go into breakouts according to our backgrounds or whatever we're going to do with it from there. Kind of a neat thing. I just thought of that, actually. I'm going to write that up. <laughs> so, it could go in your next book, for sure. Is. I think that's a really great idea. Interact and engage as we speak. The second edition is coming out in the fall of 2022, and so it is going to go in there. So, You really hit on something that I think is important, especially from a facilitation. Like It doesn't matter whether you're in the room or you're virtual. That time that you take for prep is so important. Like You can't just show up do your thing and go right. Um, and you're probably, I'm gonna, I don't know if you are, I'm gonna date myself, but we were discussing. I actually, we a few few uh, weeks ago, we were on with John Quattrusi, and we were talking about the good old days of going out into the field, grabbing flip charts because we didn't have PowerPoint, right? And you would spend all night prepping how you were going to go ahead and present via the flip charts. And if you're lucky, they were the sticky ones. If not, you had tape and a monkey that would go hang them up on the wall. 
But the same thing goes you know, for some virtual. Some people don't even know what you're talking about right now, Scott. <laughs> I know, I know. I just totally dated myself. Like no one understands that but me. But um, it's so important. Can you can you spend a little bit of time talking about some of the things from a prep standpoint? Because I think that's a, that's a really important point. Yeah, it is an important point. Because you know, like in 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 that way. So like just now, I would have to prepare the images for the assessment results and send them as separate files. You know, I remember um, whenever I would prep for uh, Adobe Connect or even WebEx or Zoom, whatever we're using, you know, I, I'm going to make, I, I kind of got it into my sort of process, my instructional design process that there's always what a main PowerPoint file that I use. And that main PowerPoint file is not based on content and bullet points. It's actually more like a visual journey of how we'll go through the learning. So the first slide wasn't a title slide of the title of the training. The first slide is, welcome, where are you joining from? Or why did you sign up for this leadership class? You know, it was a, it was a, a moment of greeting people and calling them to action immediately. And so the main, the main file would guide and, and was developed to guide through what we were doing in each moment. And so that's a, that's a change from what I would need in person. Though arguably, I still like doing that now in person because I realized it was a cool thing to do rather than just relying upon my physical performance to do all of that, you know? It's like a visual helps in, in terms of accessibility for people too, right? Like online, they may not hear you if they cut out. And you know, I love that we have tools to help us have a broader reach you know, things like closed captioning and being able to have cameras and, and different visuals is amazing. Um, but then, you know, separate files for what people are going to do in any small group breakout activity and having that be part of the package. And, and like for me, my, my programming is usually more than one session. And so I would, I'll create a folder that's like, this is that certificate program. And then here's session one, two, three, four, and five, and here's the participant manual, and here's the supplementary reading. Or, you know, there's all these different things that go into it. Uh, and, and then I would have per folder what's happening what day. Because when I'm in the moment of teaching, I want to go to just session one. I don't want to sift through and have to remember what was connected to session one. So any separate polls, breakout files that people needed, the main deck for session one, any, uh, anything else that might go with it. So it is a little bit of a different approach, but I would argue that once I started doing it like that, that that approach applied to everything that I would do in person as well and made me better at it and more clear and less reliant upon my physical presence to communicate all of that. That's awesome. I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, Scott, you're talking about like flip charts and just like the progression of, of like training and how like, you know, each generation it changes and I can I can remember, like, being taught how to train and telling the person telling me like I don't I don't need the flip charts and then being again, and then I can to like now where we're at I can remember like looking at people who are like like hey like we're gonna be on be remote and me being like oh I don't know if that's gonna be great and like realizing like oh no that's just me being stuck in the same place, so no I. I love this. This is amazing. I know. I mean, I know. I mean, sometimes too, Dan. It's a. It's such a good point. Like, sometimes clients will help me. Like, I'll, I'll still be stuck, though. I, I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. Like, when I'm working with people who are um, scientists and um, people who are developing products that are like big, gigantic machines, you know? <laughs> like servers that maintain our cell towers, for example, you know, like that's a little hard to put online. It really is. And I'm, I, I am in all honesty, still working with some of those folks, people who put the machines together, who did the testing for COVID, you know, they have these gigantic machines you know? and they're having to teach people how to operate these things. And it is pretty difficult online. And I, and I think that's probably what we're going to see your virtual you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, more of that stuff starting to come into play and be more accessible than it currently is, you know, be interesting to see. But so, but well, for the most part, the sentiment that, that Dan just shared is, is what I shared too. Like we're just kind of stuck in our ways and we're not really seeing what else is out there. Um, 
it's really interesting. And I always try to be really open to what other people are doing too, because I recognize I've got a lot of experience here and I've been about down this path for so very long, but I'm, I'm learning a lot of new things all the time too. Like the big equipment stuff is kind of blowing my mind right now, you know, and how, how we're going to get into that and do that with, with labs and virtual reality and additional cameras, better cameras, better access, those kind of things. Yeah. I work for um, a very small company. And so we wear a lot of hats, but I kind of love it because there's so often times where I'm like, I would love to have this in the training. Who can help me with it? And they're like, nobody. If you want it, you got to go learn how to do it. Yeah. And um, I find I grow more than just the project I'm on in those times. And um, I think a lot of people are kind of leaning into that. All right. If it's something I want, I'm going to have to go learn how to do it. and either you're comfortable doing that, willing to do it, um, and comfortable to do it is the wrong term. You have to be willing to be uncomfortable. <laughs> right. It probably remains uncomfortable until, oh, it worked. Okay, I'm good. And then they throw a new thing at you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's like, what is comfort? That's your next podcast. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm I'm writing that down. What is comfort? <laughs> it, 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 it isn't growth, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, speaking of speaking of new things, I Cassie and you and I chatted real briefly this last week. Um I had the opportunity um a week or two ago to actually do a hybrid learning, right? So we had people in the room which is great. And I love getting back into the room. Like it's getting back on the saddle and that's my happy place. Like I love it. And I know you know what that feels like, but we also had a whole bunch of people that were like, Nope, not getting in the room with all you sick people. Not going to happen. Right. So we had, um, you know, uh, we called them the zoomies. They zoomed in and we did a, a hybrid learning. So we had a, you know, an audience, a live audience. We also had a virtual audience. And I, I briefly shared that I, that was extremely challenging. Um, thank God I had a producer. We'll let you comment on that as well. But thoughts on this idea of hybrid learning? Because in my humble opinion, I think that's coming to be a, an important thing too. I think we're going to see more and more of the, hey, I've got this in-person learning environment where people can virtually come in as well. How do we navigate that? And maybe you've got some thoughts on that. And maybe you don't, because it's relatively new in my, at least my experience. <laughs> how did it go when you did it? Um, how how do, do you think that you fairly engaged the people in person and online equally? I will be completely transparent. I rocked that room, and um, the people online did. I, I had to remind myself that they were online. Right. Like I had to, I had to do it. And I'll be honest, I think I'll give myself a C plus on the online part of that. We did do a breakout session for everybody and those people had their own breakout and they had their own presentation. So there's an A for effort there. But as far as like making sure that we got their comments during the presentation, like they were chatting all during the whole time, asking great questions. And unfortunately I didn't, educate my producer well enough to say, Hey, Scott, we got some questions from the chat room because it's, you know, we were human. I'm going to focus on what's in front of me. Right. And so what's behind me is equally as important, but what's in front of me gets my attention. So I'd say C plus that was my experience, but I know that I want to get better and I, I don't think it's going away. Hmm. As soon as you have one person online and you decide that you're going to pay attention to that one person and allow them to be in the front of the room equally, everybody is online. Good point. And I don't mean that they actually have to be physically online, but your approach needs to be online. And, and the idea that you're, you're calling it the room, that I'm back in the room, it's like you got to switch that mindset to the room also, including the online room, that that's the room too. And you know what? You can't have something happening in person and not develop a version of it for online because then you're going to leave the online folks out. And then as soon as you develop the online version, how does the in-person version then work too? So let's just give the in-person people the online version too. And now we're all online. So as, and, I, and I don't know that technology is going to bring it. I don't know what technology will even do. Um, 
and you know, this, I think that like remote teams and remote work is obviously going to be the thing. And there's things we can do to bring the experiences together. Um, in a learning setting, though, I don't understand at this point in time why we want to try to do both at the same time. Because like you said, the physical, what's in front of you is going to take over. Um, and you're always going to be leaving someone out and or having to do things in two different ways. And if it's done in two different ways, why isn't it two different areas or two different things? So I just, I don't know. I think I think that we need to to really just pay attention to the tools and technology that we're using and then have everyone use that. And and so if you have people that are in person, they go online. And it may be what you'll do in the breakout rooms is have the people that are in person gather physically together to work on that small group stuff. But then when they come back, they present it online just like everybody else is. Because like you said, did, would you have wanted to be an attendee in the C plus environment? Probably. Oh, no. Yeah, you probably don't want to. And so then then why are we continuing with that? We used to in the before times just say whatever, but I think that the world is not going to allow that whatever anymore. People won't work there anymore or they just won't they won't learn that way anymore and they'll, they'll go and find another way to do it. So, I think that's where we are today. Um it'll be interesting though to see what happens as we move forward. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I I'm a big believer in remote teams. I've been on a virtual team, three of them, you know, for the for as long as I've been doing virtual training. So I very much believe in bringing teams together. But when it comes to the learning, yeah, one person's online, we're all online. If I want to be delivering it equally with fairness and with all things considered regarding accessibility. Yeah, yeah and for those of us that are honored to actually see what you do at either DevLearn, which I know is coming up or places like that. Like that's exactly how you do it. Like everybody's in the room, but they're all on a computer. We're all going to go through this online together. Um, and that's a really uh, special skill that I think that you've honed very well. And I appreciate your feedback and humility on my C plus engagement with uh, <laughs> with a hybrid learning. Well, so. it's, it's really good that you brought it up, too, because your honesty and, you know, us talking about it is, is helping people to understand, too, what are we going to do and how maybe we shouldn't even be trying to do it. Maybe we should try to do something entirely different. Like, why are we trying to throw a ball around a virtual room? Right. Let's just look at the objective. <laughs> let's let's remove the process and look at the objective. And what's the best way to come at the objective given today's world, technology and people and circumstance? Love it. Hey, as we start to uh, wrap up our time together, I know, all too short, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience that we haven't had an opportunity to do so yet? I mean, what are some key things that you want to make sure uh, people leave with, with our time with you today, Cassie? You try to have a good time. You know, people are in online meetings all the time. And you just connect with them and see you know, what's going on. And like, I, I really think we should pay attention to relationships and how people are feeling, uh, you know, all, all with a professional setting, of course. But the presenters that you remember are the ones that, you, that, that, that seem to care about you and your experience. You know, I can read about content. I can read your bio. I can Google search anything I need. But if I can find a way to truly connect with somebody who's, who cares about what my experience is and who, who wants me to, to do better at my, my, my job in this case, that's going to stick with me. You know, something like using people's names, something simple, asking them a question about how it's going, trying to learn that thing or do that work. It's going to go a long way compared to here's who I am and all of you are muted and these are the steps. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I could have Googled those steps. What I care about is the challenges that I'm having and how you could help me be better at that. So focus on the people. It's cool we have the tech, but people aren't logging in because of it. They're logging in to learn something and, and be able to do better. So focus on the people. Cassie, that is why we love L&D people, because they're people. <laughs> I know. Hold on while I get a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Back to like that learning is for people. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, 100%. Like, that's, that's what it's all about. I love that idea. And I love the idea of like, like you said, like, don't worry about the technology. Don't get too caught up with that. Like, it's, it's for people. I love that. 
Cassie, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Um, could you help our audience find more? I mean, how can our audience go ahead and, and get more groovy stuff from you? <laughs> I think the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. So you could find me at Cassie Labori on LinkedIn. I also have a website called Cassie Consulting. And on the website soon will be that uh, that book that you can download with the virtual training hero and all of her adventures, uh, that too. And then I've got a couple of books out there and a third one that I'm working on as well, which you can find on Amazon. And uh, I think the team is sharing the links to those things. So I think those are the best ways to stay in touch. Oh, wait, one other. Uh, the conferences and the webinars, I, I keep... Uh, they keep letting me talk at these conferences. So if you are there, I love connecting with people and getting real live in-person photos with you. So that's another way. <laughs> Cassie, it's just been an honor and uh, such a pleasure. And I, 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 I truly mean it. You're, you're, um, you're amazing at what you do, folks. If you need any help with the virtual learning, Cassie is the person that you need to be talking to. Go and grab her book or check her out on, on uh, CassieConsulting.com. But um, I just appreciate our friendship and I appreciate all the groovy stuff that you bring each and every time. So thank you. Daniel-san. Yes, Scott. Could you do me a solid and uh, let our audience know how they can connect with us? Folks, if you haven't already, reach out to us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Email us any questions you might have. Join in on the discussion. We would love to hear from you. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. And lastly, for our Instagram folks, we're Fab Learning Nerds. Hey, folks, uh, that's going to be it for us today. Thanks again, Cassie Labori. We really appreciate all the nifty stuff you brought with your chat that was awesome. Hey, do me a favor. Could you go ahead and hit subscribe? If you like the podcast, share it out with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. If you're on a podcatcher like uh, iTunes or Stitcher, leave us a review and we'll be sure to read it if it's a good one. Or even if it's a bad one, we'll probably read that too. And with that being said, my name is Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Abby. I'm Cassie. And we're your fabulous learning nerds and we are out. Out.